Hello and welcome on this Remembrance Sunday uh, to those of you watching at Lansing Tab and uh, indeed uh, as people right across the world today in many many places at least they will be thinking about the day that uh, World War II ended, indeed World War I as well. It was uh, set up as a way of just uh, acknowledging the tremendous sacrifice that many people made uh, during the 1914 to 18 war as well as the 1939 to 1945 war and indeed many other conflicts since where people have given up their lives in order that others might be free. This uh, Remembrance Sunday I believe is a very worthwhile thing even though we know that uh, many people now have passed away who uh, were alive during those times but for those of us who were born after the Second World War I believe there is still a great value in reflecting on the horror of war and the things that uh, came out of that and just to be grateful for those who do go into very dangerous places in order that they might preserve freedom. Well, uh, this time of lockdown, it's been a strange time, uh, yet uh, one of the things that I've been able to do is watch quite a few documentaries uh, on particularly the Second World War. And although I've known the main events, just to consider the miracle of Dunkirk and those uh, hundreds and thousands of people who were rescued from the beach. The actual D-Day landings and when you see the way that uh, people come out of those landing crafts and some of them, uh, their war is over before it's hardly begun. They're, they're killed just leaving those landing crafts trying to get up the beach in order to establish some kind of stronghold. That the horror of war, uh, been looking at uh, things like uh, the siege of Stalingrad and, and just the incredible loss of life and the bitterness and the uh, just the whole devastation of war. Yes, I, I've reflected too on uh, the way that uh, soldiers, as they were getting closer and closer to Berlin, uh, discovering the concentration camps and just unbelievable sights met their eyes. And, and to see men who are now very, very old, when they recall what they saw, uh, just absolutely overwhelmed. They, they can hardly get the words out of their mouths. And then you, you look at uh, all that was going on in uh, the, the whole conflict with the Japanese and uh, again terrible terrible atrocities. It really is incredible what people will do to others. It's just almost impossible to take in. There are the stories of the heroes, those who go into a situation and rescue others 
uh, I saw Hacksaw Ridge uh, reasonably recently and uh, the incredible uh, devotion of someone going out one more, one more uh, in order to rescue them. Yes, uh, it's a good thing to remember. You don't particularly want to remember the horror and uh, people talking about the smell of death and just uh, the uh, constant uh, number of bodies being discovered and yet the reality is this is war. And you can see, you can see terrible evil in certain uh, regimes, the concentration camps again, just to, to have a mind to set those places up as well as to uh, execute within it just something very hard to get your head around. And so uh, we're coming today to this uh, Remembrance Sunday. We're coming to just reflect and just to thank God again for people who were prepared to leave their families and to go into situations where they knew there was a strong possibility that they would never come back. Again, uh, just some of the uh, recent events, people who've gone into Iraq and people uh, who have uh, found themselves uh, in, in Iran, in, in Libya, in uh, all sorts of places, trying to uh, rescue, trying to prevent uh, mass destruction. And, of course, around the world, the story can be told of so many conflicts. But today, as we think about those who gave their lives so that there might be freedom, it's inevitable that we will want to look into the Bible and just have some idea of what uh, the Word of God says about this subject. Of course, one of the most uh, well-known uh, verses that is often used at this time is uh, in John chapter 15. And in John chapter 15, uh, we read, uh, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And we know that uh, that was particularly evident and is evident in conflict, in war. But of course, we are thinking about something far, far greater when we think about how our Lord Jesus came. And he voluntarily gave his life so that we could live. He gave himself so that we could be forgiven. He didn't die because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He didn't die uh, because he just upset people. It was far deeper than that. The Lord Jesus suffered and died on the cross because he came to save us. It was the only way to free us from sin and death and hell. Now, to be freed from the uh, fascist Nazi regime, uh, pretty, 
pretty awful, pretty terrible to, to escape that, to get out of that. Or some of the intense torture uh, that the Japanese of the time inflicted upon people to be freed from that, to get out of that. And, and you can see pictures of the faces of people who have been so desperately affected. But I can tell you, the word of God makes it clear that the bondage of sin is even more serious than these grim things that we think about at this time. To be held a captive by the enemy, Satan. To be uh, in a place where in this life there is no hope and beyond this life we face eternal destruction. There, there's nothing that can uh, supersede that. It's just so important to be aware of that. So what we want to do today is just to reflect on the significance of Jesus laying down his life. Now to do that we will do something that uh, Jesus did and that is Jesus paid attention to what the uh, Jewish people call a Passover feast. This was another uh, situation where the people of God were in bondage. They were literal slaves. It, it was an awful thing that they had come into Egypt under Joseph and uh, Joseph working with the Pharaoh uh, set up a situation of great security and uh, much joy. Uh, but that all turned sour when, uh, after some time in history, Joseph had died and uh, the pharaohs who recognised him, uh, they had died. And now suddenly, instead of being welcome, God's people were seen to be a terrible threat. And so what transpires after that? Well, they become slaves and the slavery intensifies. And one of the things that uh, is worrying the Egyptians is the population growth. That uh, they're just more and more and more of these Hebrew people. And therefore they conclude they will be a threat and they must be stopped. And we know that uh, the people go through, I think it's about 130 years of uh, being under this yoke of slavery. And uh, we know that uh, Moses is raised up by God to go to Pharaoh and to uh, lay down God's law in the sense of you must let the people of God go. Now the Pharaoh uh, dithers, there are times when he looks like he might let them go and then he changes his mind and uh, it's a time when Moses is demonstrating uh, the power of God through pronouncing some very awful and severe plagues upon the Egyptians. And we know that this continues uh, until there's a tenth plague. And the tenth plague is the plague which actually triggers Pharaoh's resistance to say, all right, the people must go. And... We know that uh, the word of God was clear that, uh, yes, an angel of death is going to pass over uh, Egypt 
and uh, you will be safe if you uh, put the blood of a lamb on the doorpost and the lintel of the door and if you're sitting in your house and you are not outside but you're in your home in your private dwelling and uh, you're under the covering of that lamb's blood the angel of death will pass over you and uh, we know that's exactly what happened in the hebrew households there was no loss of life but in every egyptian household there was loss of life and uh, most probably the pharaoh's own uh, son had also died and so pharaoh says all right go just get out just go and we know how uh, the people leave and uh, it's just incredible how somehow or other they're, they're rallied together, they're managed well by Moses and other leaders so that they leave Egypt in quite a, an incredible convoy. And what happened after that, we know that Pharaoh changes his mind yet again. And uh, he comes with his army chasing after them. And this is where they get to a point where Moses is uh, standing looking over the Red Sea and it really looks like uh, the Red Sea is one side, the Egyptian army is approaching on the other side and everything is giving the appearance of a disaster, them caught in the middle. And then Moses, inspired by the Lord, lifts up his rod and points it over the sea and incredibly the waters part. It's a miracle. There's no other description for it. There's no uh, any other explanation other than a miracle which caused those waters to part. And we know that God's people go through those waters and then when they're all through, the waters come back together and the Egyptian and uh, their armies, they're all, uh, so many are drowned. And then there is the great song of deliverance. They know now they have escaped, they are free. And Jewish people saw the significance of this, that they decided to have a Remembrance Day. Not quite the same as the Remembrance Day that we're thinking of uh, today and in many parts of the world, but a day to reflect, a day to remember the way that God stepped in for his people and saw them set free from the bondage of Egypt and they rejoiced and and of course there were factors in this that were very very important uh, they rejoiced because they knew that this was a miracle they didn't rejoice because they thought of uh, they were just fortunate or whatever no they knew God had intervened for them uh, they, they had walked through that sea. You don't do that every day. Uh, they had gone through that whole experience and they just knew God had done it. But there was something else. And uh, well, there are many other things, but here's, here's one more very important thing. And it's this. The people who are in the lands across the sea, they begin to get very fearful because they hear the story 
and they begin to think, well, you know, if their God is able to do that, how can we come against that? So every year, we call it Passover time, the Jews have a simple meal. They don't put blood over the doors anymore, but they have a simple meal and they say, we are grateful that we were taken out of the slavery of Egypt and we have been brought into a new place. Well, of course, we know that there's a lot more to be worked out and, uh, well, they're going to face all sorts of problems because they're going to rebel and uh, they're going to grumble against Moses. And we know that they go through a very, very testing time because you would have thought they'd been immensely grateful for such a great deliverance, but that gratitude sort of wears a bit thin and uh, they find themselves in conflict uh, with Moses and with God. But we know that the time comes when Jesus is sent. Now, if there was a deliverance in Egypt all those uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, the deliverance that's coming to the world through Jesus is going to be at a totally different level. Well, Jesus is born. He's born of the Virgin. Jesus grows up full of the Holy Spirit releasing the power of God. He comes into his public ministry and the sick are healed and the dead are raised and blind eyes are open and people who've been suffering uh, problems that are related to the demonic, they're set free. And uh, Jesus just releases them and uh, they come into a joy and a freedom that they've not known before. And Jesus begins to teach about the kingdom of God. And he begins to teach about a kingdom that is not of this world. He's not talking about politics. He's not talking about uh, organisation as such. He's talking about the rule and reign of God, which begins in his coming and his authority and his teaching and his miracles demonstrate the kingdom of God has come. And the kingdom of God rolls on as people come and submit to Jesus the King. And today, if you don't know Jesus and you are prepared to turn from your sin and accept him as Saviour and Lord, you are added into the Kingdom of God. And your destiny is then all caught up with what God is going to do in his Kingdom in coming days. Well, we know that Jesus is there uh, celebrating this Passover time. And that's when he takes bread and he takes wine and he says to the disciples, the bread is a picture of my body and the wine is a picture of my blood. As you eat this bread and drink this cup, you will remember what I have done to set you free from a tyranny, from a slavery worse than any kind. And uh, I could describe to you some absolutely awful, horrific regimes that have enslaved people, but it's nothing. Well, they're just little samples. Well, little, I know some of them are much bigger than that, but 
they're just samples of, of the evil one and his uh, whole desire to corrupt, to enslave, steal, kill and destroy. That's what Jesus said. So Jesus takes the cup, he takes the bread and he says, look, I'm going to give my body. It's going to be nailed to the cross. It will be beaten and uh, you won't even be able to recognise my face, some of you because of the pummeling that I'm going to receive. But I will give myself and I will shed my blood in order that you might go free. And what we do when we come as Christians to the Lord's table, to the communion, what we do is we remember the slavery that we were once in but are now free from because of the blood of Jesus. And uh, this is a, a tremendous uh, privilege. It's obviously a spiritual meal because the amount of bread and the amount of cup drink that you partake of is, is very small. It's nowhere near to sustain your body, but this isn't what it's all about. This is talking about spiritual freedom, spiritual deliverance, this is talking about becoming a child of God. And just as I began looking at the Remembrance Day, reflecting on world wars and conflict where dictators and uh, evil men have tried to dominate, crush and uh, do awful things to others. And we're saying today we remember the sacrifice that people made to fight against that but what we're leading to is that this is for us as Christians a day to thank God that we have been freed from our sins because of what Jesus did on the cross and we remember that and uh, of course the great joy that we have is that we remember that in fellowship with Jesus the one who died but now who is risen from the dead. What I want to say in, in the last few minutes of this message is just to say that uh, this is an inspiration to us to also be willing to lay down our lives. And yes, there, there are plenty of stories of people who have laid down their lives in order that others might come to Christ. In the Lansing Tab Church there is a room called the Parry Room and uh, that room is dedicated to a family, uh, some of the members who actually uh, laid down their lives. They, they died uh, because of taking the Christian faith into uh, the Congo and where there was terrible opposition. And there are many, many other stories of people who've said, even if it's at the cost of my life, I will take the gospel to others. Uh, one of the churches I have great fellowship with is uh, Bishop Hannington. And again, the bishop uh, who is uh, part of that sort of uh, history, if you like, of the church, uh, that bishop, he went uh, to Uganda and uh, 
he was killed because he was there to talk about Jesus and people rose up against him. And there are many other stories. When I go to Ecuador, I'm reminded of five American young men who went into the uh, jungle of Ecuador to reach a people called the Aucas and they gave their lives. But in the fullness of time, even some of the people who killed those men came to know Christ. There are people, even today, who find themselves having their lives taken away. I hear stories of pastors in places like India and occasionally Pakistan where people lose their lives. The spirit of remembrance is important right the way through until Jesus comes back. What we, what we see uh, today is how men and women gave their lives for our freedom. We see uh, even of far greater importance how our Lord Jesus laid down his life and he took the Passover meal as an opportunity to share very uh, vividly that his body and his blood would be sacrificed in order that we could live. But we're also saying that this is a time where we can lay down our lives for Jesus. Oh, it may not be like the Paris, it may not be like uh, those American missionaries or many other stories that one could tell you about. You know, to say, Jesus, I'm willing to deny self and take up the cross and to follow you. It may not cost me my physical life, but I'm prepared to sacrifice my independence, my will, my ambition, my agenda. I'm prepared to put that all to one side to follow you. And all of us are required to do that. We remember wonderful Christians who've gone through our lives, who gave all for Jesus. May we give all for Jesus, as today we remember what he has done in his death for us. And as we give thanks as a nation for those who gave their lives for us, Jesus Christ laid down his life for you and for me. Let's follow him. God bless you.